if I'm ready for it and if I can accept it and if I could be at peace with it, then it's not going to be a very hard thing to do. Entrepreneurs love talking about business. However, it's no secret there's also so many things they love talking about which are not about business. In the Sea of Business podcasts, none of your business is a refreshing break, a surprise kiss, an afternoon fizz. Through Carla Singson's cheeky and radical takes on mundane and principle-heavy topics, you'll gain insights that guarantee you something to talk about on your first Tinder date, while visiting grandma, or if you want to impress your new boss. Big thanks to Proximity Outsourcing for sponsoring this episode. Outsource the most tedious tasks in your business, such as data management, appointment setting, and creatives for less than $12 an hour, fully managed. Visit ProximityOutsourcing.com for more info. Tired of business podcasts? Tune in to None of Your Business. New episodes weekly. Good morning, everyone. This is Carla back for my month-long rest from none of your business. So sorry, I forgot to tell you that was the wrap of our first season. And I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you love the episodes. I definitely had some favorites. I had a lot of learning. I had a lot of fun. And I hope you have too. So if you are an avid listener, thank you so much for your support. If you follow me on social media, I would love to hear more about you, your story. And if you want to come on my podcast, feel free to reach out to me on social media and tell me, you know, pitch me an angle that you want. So as you know, this podcast is all about entrepreneurs and the topics that are important and interesting to entrepreneurs. You know, when we run our businesses and we lead our businesses, sometimes we tend to think that the only thing that's important is our business. But we also sometimes forget that it's so enjoyable to just have a lot of interesting insights and a lot of other interesting conversations and having, you know, elevated thoughts, having different points of view regarding different topics. And that's why here at None of Your Business, this is your break. This is that recess from all of the mental craziness happening in your business. Hope, hopefully it's not. And hopefully you outsource. <laughs> and if you need help with that, that's definitely top. But I hope that you have enough time and space in your daily lives to enjoy these little things. In this podcast, I hope to be one of those things you're looking forward to uh, in the week. And I always dedicate myself and I'm really, really committed to making this podcast better, having better and better conversations, better guests, better topics. So let me know what you think. Give me feedback. And also, if you haven't written us a review, you can give up to a five-star review and a follow on podcast, uh, Spotify podcasts or Apple podcasts. So thank you so much to everyone who have already given us five-star reviews. You guys rock. You guys are the best. 
and I wish you nothing but good karma. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for your support. You know, there are days where I feel like it's a little tiring to do this. It's a little, um, you know, why am I doing this? So I'm de I definitely was in that space. And I also gonna I'm also gonna give you a little bit of a life update. I was in Mexico City for two or three weeks doing a, a minor medical procedure. Nothing life threatening, but definitely uh, it definitely affected my schedule and you know my mental acuity. I would say so. I took a little break from work as well, and it was a great time to kind of wrap up that season take a little bit of break, plan my podcast, and now we're coming back with a vengeance. So today, we are going to talk about a topic that a lot of people ask me advice. I notice that when people hear about my story and all of the hardships I went through in life, they would always ask me questions on how I was able to claw myself out of these kind of dark spaces and these moments in my life where it's such a great time to give up. So, you know, I could definitely think of so many times in my life where I considered myself a failure. I considered this situation a failure. So by the way, those are two very important things. <laughs> you should never consider yourself a failure because you're not. Um, even if the situation is a failure, quote unquote, um, or you consider it a loss, it's it is an event or it is a temporary thing. And being a failure or being a loser is not a real identity because losses and failures are just things that happen to you at a certain point of your life. They're not who you are. And they are not, you are not going to take these losses the next day, the next moment, the next minute that it's done. So I want you to remember that. And I, I think that could be one of the most important types of self-talk you could give yourself every time you find yourself in a hard situation. But today we're going to talk about how to keep going. And that is our topic for today. <laughs> I just said that. And I want you guys to really pick up things from this podcast where you can learn how to give yourself a little bit of grace when things get hard. So I could think of, I would say three losses, big losses in my life. And in every situation, it might not mean super big to others. But in that moment, it meant the world to me. So when I was 16, I got chicken pox. And it was a hard time because, you know, I'm 16. And I was, in my opinion at that time, I was at the peak of my physical attractiveness. <laughs> I was like crushing on boys, trying to make boys like me. I was in college, I was trying to make a name for myself, playing sports, trying to get to extracurricular activities, and then boom, I got chicken pox. And it was so unfabulous. <laughs> it was such a bad thing to have at this time in your life. And 
I suffered acne in high school. And when I thought that I was done with it, you know, I got these like weird red bumps again. So I had a little bit of PTSD come back. And then, um, and just like these like flashes from the past when I had acne, it was not a good feeling. And, um, and, and I felt like shit, you know, I had fever and I was feeling weak. Both of my sister also, sisters also had chicken pox. So we had chicken pox at the same time. And I felt so ugly and it was just a bad time. So I told my mom to cover all of the mirrors in the house. I don't want to see my face. And I think I insisted to eat with plastic spoon and fork because I don't want to see my face. I just, I just want to forget about it. I just want to spend each day doing stuff and looking outward and not look like looking at things, looking at the plants in our garden, watching TV. I don't want to see my face. And so I, and then I read everything about like fast recovery from chicken pox or something. And so um, it was done. <laughs> it was uh, it was over faster than I thought it would go for. So that was great. And I recovered from it. But in that moment, I really, really felt like shit. And um, although that sounds a little shallow in that in that moment, you know, when I was a teenager, it meant everything to me. It meant just and when I went back to school, people were like feeling weird about being around me because I still had these little marks, these little wounds. And then, um, but I was like ready. I was like recovered from the fever for three days. So it was, it was done, you know, there's just some scars uh, from the parts that I scratched, but my friends like looked at me weirdly. So it was just not a good feeling. And then, um, you know, years after that, I graduated college, started to work. Then I experienced another big loss in my life. My first big loss was uh, losing my father. So my dad passed in 2013 when um, when I was, how old was I? 24 or something, 23. And it was a really difficult time for me because... My dad was in the ICU for two months, and we had a lot of hospital debt, medicine debt, hospital debt. We had a lot of debt. I think we incurred over $60,000 of debt, and I was in the Philippines, and that's a lot of money. I think the equivalent for that in U.S. dollars would probably be like 800000 or something, but something to that extent. And um, believe it or not, I spent five years working hard to pay all of those debts when my mom, you know, was helping my mom pay all of those debts. We're paying our, um, we owed money to our neighbors, to our relatives. We pawned some stuff and we never took, took the items back. We, you know, I borrowed from friends and everything. I sold everything I could. It was such a difficult time because aside from losing my father, we also lost a lot. So it was such, such a double, triple whatever quadruple loss and it was a hard time for our family my mother fell into depression my sisters probably also did but for me as the eldest child I just had to keep going I had to be strong for everyone I had to keep working I was um 
I recently graduated, not recently, like a few years after, but I was still fresh. You know, both of my sisters at that time were not really in a position to work a very good job. Like my sister just resigned from her job to take care of my father because she's a nurse. So she was kind of back in the uh, job hunting game. And then my other sister was still studying. So um, and then my mom was really depressed. And I know it was very hard for her. And so I was in the best position to be the one working hard to make all this money. And I did what I could. Um, thankfully, I was able to still build businesses. I was able to have a lot of, get a lot of um, development and progress for my business. I opened an office, I think shortly after that year. And um, both of my flower shop and my event planning business were growing fast. So I kept going, you know, that's, that's the thing. And five years after that, um, everything was going really well. I was traveling. I was just doing my own stuff, my business. And then I lost my mom to a cancer that we didn't know about. And it was very hard. My mom was my world. And I had a lot of regrets, you know, from the past few months before her passing because we didn't know that she was sick like really no one knew and this is another uh, reminder for you guys to get your checkups every year and, um, and especially for cancer because you know those things can come like a thief in the night and you don't know my mom was very healthy and um, she even refused to let me buy her a car because she likes walking and she eats really healthy and um, and she has a healthy and happy personality too. But I would I would definitely say that she had a lot of struggles emotionally, you know, from losing my dad and dealing with uh, one of my relatives is kind of a difficult person to deal with. And she's dealt with her all her life. And all of this like accumulated stress, I believe caused uh, the cancer. Cancer is primarily caused by stress and more than a, uh, what they call a bad lifestyle, quote unquote, right? You you need to read more about this, but, you know, stress plays a huge role in our health. And so that's why you need to manage how you feel, you need to manage your mood. Um, if you want to check out another beautiful resource about this, definitely look for the podcast episode with Andrew Cap. Uh, he is the best-selling author of the book, the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read. And he talks about feeling good and moods and how that contributes to um, properly manifesting what you want in life. But I also believe that it also helps in um, bettering your health. So yeah, so I got those two big losses and my world just shook. You know, I was just depressed. And um, I think those are the moments in my life where I, I definitely genuinely felt depressed. Because I'm generally a happy person. I'm happy. I'm an optimistic person. I'm hardworking. I am what they call kind of like a high functioning, um, depressed individual. When I was depressed, now I'm not. It's going to be very hard to depress me right now. And because I've, I've suffered these such big losses, it actually helped me reframe all the other things that seemingly look like loss to not look like very bad losses right now. And so the next thing that I would like to discuss is 
the last loss that I experience or last kind of um happening or you know event event in my life and that I considered a loss so I quit my CEO role in the last company that I co-owned and led last year so if you're listening to this podcast in 2023 that was 2022 and I felt a huge loss out of that because I had to leave a company that I built from the ground up that I led. I worked hard on that company. I worked more than 40 hours a week for that. I worked on weekends. I really loved, I really loved it. I got an investor who trusted me, trusted his money. We did, we were doing so well. And then there were people inside the company that was just very hard to work with and was taking its toll on me. And it was very hard to kind of get rid of them because of the structure. And also my partner and I had different visions. So unfortunately, I had to do what was best for me in the moment. And what's best for me was to leave that company and just start my own outsourcing company which actually luckily i already own an outsourcing company since 2017 and so i just rebuilt it i went back to leading it someone else was leading it but i own it fully and i refreshed our offers i learned a lot in the three years that i was leading another outsourcing company and made a lot of really good connections built good reputation, made a lot of good friends, and a lot of people know about my standards, how much I love the people I work with, and how dedicated I am into building joyous and growth-focused workspaces. So that is my vision, and I think that's my vision is so clear to me now, and maybe that's why my business is just growing without a lot of effort. We're really growing at an amazing pace right now. We're rolling out great updates for our clients. Our affiliates are well-loved and we pay uh, thousands of commissions every month to our affiliates and our team members. Um, if they also refer amazing team members. So everyone's growing and I'm very, very happy to show the world the creme de la creme of Filipino talent and what we can bring to the world as Filipinos, as talented remote professionals. And at the end of the day, it has turned into something positive. But in that moment, when I was quitting my job, when I was kind of mourning my partnership, I was mourning this company that I built. I was mourning my friendship, the friendships that I uh, I built there. It was hard, yes, but I kept going because that's what I do. So as you can see, there is a pattern of me <laughs> just trucking along and keeping going. So that's what we were going to talk about here. A lot of people come up to me and ask me, how do you do it? How do you just keep going? You don't even drink coffee. How do you get the energy to do these things? And I honestly had to sit down a few times to create this list on my best list of the my top tips or advice on just how to keep going. So we all have failures in, in our lives or sometimes even if you don't consider it a failure, it's just something negative that happened to you 
or sometimes there's an emergency, right? That will kind of um, slow you down in life or force you to go back to square one or something like that. So I would say my top tip, my number one tip would be do not dwell on the situation. So I would love to encourage you to avoid overthinking and just do thinking. <laughs> no, don't overthink. Don't do it. Don't do it over what is needed of the situation. So what and and then you ask the question, so what is enough? What is needed in the situation? Well, the, what is needed in the situation is finding a way out of the situation. So do not overthink. Think of a way out as soon as you can and make a plan. So have a plan A, have a plan B, have a plan C, and prepare for the, wor for the worst case realistic scenario. So I know when people ask, okay, you know, what is the worst case scenario? Okay, this is what's going to happen. Well, you know, the worst case scenario is my house is going to burn or something, right? Knock on wood. But that is the worst case scenario if you're talking about possibility. But if you're talking about propensity and realistically, what is the worst case scenario? So when I was trying to quit my job and my cushy salary and my cushy life as a CEO of my own company with a profit share and part ownership and all that, um, I asked myself, what's the worst case scenario, right? So I realized that the worst case scenario was I would not make money in the next few days or weeks. And then I would have to go on Upwork and send proposals and maybe write some copy or do some revenue optimization work for friends and post about it on Facebook. And, and then someone will hire me. So I thought that was the worst case scenario. And then when you think about it, it's not really that bad. First of all, I could do it, honestly, if I had to. And I'm definitely lucky my partner was there to support me and made me feel safe and provided for. So that was a definite blessing. But I also thought the worst case scenario, well, what if he breaks up with me? <laughs> what if he what if I, I become so depressed and I'm not like fun anymore or I'm not becoming a good partner and what if he he doesn't like that and breaks up with me so I mean that was also that was also a scenario you know that was also kind of part of a worst case scenario but of course that's not going to happen because like we love each other and all that but but what if right so I opened myself I I you know I took a peek I opened the door a little bit in the worst of the worst case scenario, but I learned to be at peace with it because I decided at the end of the day, if I'm ready for it and if I can accept it and if I could be at peace with it, then it's not going to be a very hard thing to do. So do not dwell and avoid overthinking. All right. Number two, I love this advice. So if you're confused about so many realities, if you're so confused about different things, my advice would be do the right thing in the moment, every moment. So the thing is, sometimes we overthink because there's so many scenarios and there's so many 
possibilities. And then what happens is we get what they call analysis paralysis, and then we don't know what to do. The reason for that is because we are so scared of making a bad decision. And then in the process of trying to get to the best decision, because there's so many possibilities, we don't move at all. And so what happens is you freeze, you don't really arrive to a solution. So you're not keeping going. <laughs> you're not going. And so here's the thing, unless it has already happened, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. You will never know what the quote unquote perfect decision is. Some Some decisions are good. Some decisions are good enough. Some decisions are bad. But ultimately, all decisions should be good and the best decision in the moment with all of the available information that you have. So definitely get as much information as you can. Be creative, be resourceful. But at the end of the day, if you have to choose and if you have to think about what your next move should be, just remember this one advice. Do the right thing in the moment, every moment. And if in that moment it felt good, it felt right, it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's You're deciding in terms of honor and integrity and honesty, and you're staying true to your values, then that is the perfect decision. And then you just let the future play out, really. Like there's no need to overthink things and you need to keep moving. You have to keep going. Okay. Number three, if something is worth mourning, mourn it. So loss is... Here's the thing with loss. Loss is an event. It's when you lose something, right? It's not, you don't own it. It's out of your grasp. You don't control it. But that moment of loss is just right there. It's a fleeting moment. But the feeling that something was taken from you is a thing that you carry all your life and you just have to live with it. So when my... Friends ask me, what's it like to lose your mother? What's it like to lose your father? It's, you just have to live with it. That is my best answer. You have so many regrets. I have so many nights when I would just, I would get tempted to look at my last conversations with my parents on like Facebook Messenger and I would just cry. And it's so hard. And, but that is me choosing to remember that moment that I lost them. But the thing with loss is it's a it's a part of you that was taken away from you and you just have to live with it. You have to live with your mother not being there. You have to live with your father not being there. You have to, if you lost your limb, you have to live with your hand, your leg not being there. And it's a, it's a, it, you carry it. It's with you now, okay? And you just have to be okay with it. And you have to learn to, to live with it. It's like it's like a plant that's just there in the corner. You're going to be remind that doesn't need any watering really. It doesn't need any reminding, you know. Of course, I'm not telling you that you should honor your mom on Mother's Day if your mom's dead or whatever, right? I'm not saying that, but it's just like it's there. It's a part of you and you could use it 
for lessons in the future. Maybe now you care about the people you love more. Maybe if you, um, you know, now you're more vocal about your feelings, you tell them you love them. Maybe you can um, show your in-laws you love them in a different way because now you have like a bonus mom or a bonus dad. So, but if, but, but loss, because loss is so heavy, you should take sometimes, you should take time to mourn it. So if you want to mourn a job, if you want to mourn an ex-boyfriend, if you want to mourn a, a partnership, a business partnership, if you want to mourn your old laptop because you love it so much, do a little ritual around it and, and mourn it. Re remember, turn that moment of loss into something positive, into something of gratitude, into something of love. And, and you can do this. You can do this, guys. Every time I remember my parents, now remember their best teachings. I remember all of the values that they shared with me. In fact, I really want to have like a bracelet that says, what would my mama do, right? Because it, my mom is my moral compass. She's such an amazing person. And I use her lessons and her memory as a way to inspire me to keep going at life. And it helps me make decisions better. And my dad too, his teachings and all that. So I mourned them, but I also consciously made the decision to make a good thing out of what has happened. Because the thing is, you also can't stop losses. Your parents are going to die. Your children are going to die. Your relatives are going to die. So these are losses that are just waiting for us. No, they're, they're, they're going to happen. They're going to happen. And then so... So you, just, you have to learn how to be okay with it. And you should learn how to live your life according to your values and with honor and to continue growing and to keep going, you know, this, despite it all. So um, I, on, on this note, on this topic of loss, actually, um, I would love to share with you a really, really nice piece of literature that helped me with dealing with losses so this poem is called one art and you can google it it's it has helped me navigate through different losses and even if the loss is small or or, it, or the loss is big so here's the poem one art the art of losing isn't hard to master so many things seemed filled with the intent to be lost that their loss is no disaster. Lose something every day. Accept the fluster of lost door keys, the hour badly spent. The art of losing isn't hard to master. Then practice losing farther, losing faster, places and names, and where it was you meant to travel. None of these will bring disaster. I lost my mother's watch, and look, my last or next to last of three loved houses went. The art of losing isn't hard to master. I lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster, some realms I owned, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Even losing you, the joking voice, a gesture I love. I shouldn't have lied. It's evident. The art of losing's not too hard to master. Though it may look like, write it, like disaster. 
So that's one art by Elizabeth Bishop. So basically what my favorite part of that poem was, she said that you just have to practice losing things and then you can start losing faster, losing farther, right? So it's almost like every breakup will feel easier and easier because like you've, you've gone through it. And every loss is a breakup, right? It's a breakup of values. It's a breakup of between you and the thing, you know, even losing my hair ties <laughs> seems like a disaster sometimes that I can't find something to tie my hair with. But yeah, please check out that poem. It's really beautiful. I hope you liked it. Um, but yeah, mourn your losses and turn it into something positive. And then this is the next tip. Fill your life with positive influence. So this is almost like, um, how do I say this? It's a preemptive strike. If you fill your life with positive influence, losses will get easier and easier. It's because you always have something to look forward to in your life. There's a smile. There is your lover who wants the best for you. There's your sister who always asks how you are, your best friend who prays for your career without you knowing. It's like there's tons of positive things happening to you. These random Instagram reels that are so inspiring, these stories of people who have made it through the hardest times. So, you know, watch comedy shows, um, watch things that make you feel positive positive influence. Think about people who always want the best for you and give you advice and asks you how things are. How's your business? So you can deal and navigate losses easier if you have a lot of positive influence in your life. So fill your life with these people, fill your life with these kinds of social media content, fill your life with books, with movies, with experiences that are so positive that even if it doesn't directly fight the losses you're having, it gives you a softer landing because a lot of, at the end of the day, a lot of good things are happening in your life. So you know that um, expression champagne problems, it's uh, the, it's an expression to say that, you know, you, you're complaining about something, but it is kind of good problems to have. So Sometimes it's like that, you know, life's like that. You complain about certain things and then you realize, oh, I have so many things to be grateful about. And these things are my problems because I have these other things. Like, you know, I used to spend a lot of time in America, in Canada. I spent some time in Sydney for vacations. I traveled a lot. But in these developed countries, you would notice how life is easy because everything works, right? And now I live in Mexico, which is honestly the best place I've ever lived overall, bar none, with everything that's happening in my business and in, in my health. Mexico has just been amazing for me. And sometimes I complain about little things here because like I would complain about how people are so relaxed with time sometimes. And um, and the service is just not at the same level when I was in Vegas. But at the end of the day, I live here. I live three blocks from the Caribbean Sea, and and um, I live in an amazing town. There's a lot of friendly people. The cuisine is exquisite. It's so flavorful, and a lot of surprises around the corner. And um, 
so at the end of the day, it's a blessing to be here. And these little problems just seem very minute. But those things look small if you fill your life with a lot of positive influence and a lot of positive things because you it's easier to focus on focus on this positive things and forget or minimize consciously minimize all these other bad things that's happening to you and then it inspires you to keep going my next tip would be and this should be a full-time job <laughs> do good things to your body, do positive things for your body. So I always say that real body positivity is doing positive things to your body. It's not like being obese and telling the world you love yourself. That's different. Um, but yeah, do good things to your body. So meditate, journal, do mindfulness stuff, be at peace, take deep breaths, get some sun, get good sleep, eat right eat don't overeat eat healthy food don't give in to bad cravings <laughs> only do good things for your body exercise you know lift weights develop hobbies that are that help you move more um so yeah so take your supplements <laughs> see a therapist so yeah so these things are positive things and if you fill your life with positive things positive influences and you're doing positive things to your body you're it's easier to have a clearer clearer mind and it's easier to to figure out ways and it's easier to get out of the funk because your body is in a good state you're not out of energy and there's a lot of reason to you for you to look forward to waking up because sometimes when you're depressed and when you're sad the you, you you develop sleep issues and you start craving bad food because you you feel like you need the comfort but try to fight those things because you don't the real comfort is in peace and in health and you need to have those things in your life you know that those cheese fries are not the answer to your problems and they're very very bad for you so i know it's cheese fries are so good mm. My mouth is watering right now, but, <laughs> but yeah, just, um, try to do the right thing, guys. Do the, do the right thing in the moment, every moment. <laughs> okay. Let's go to a more practical, um, advice, which is protect yourself. So, uh, when I say protect yourself, protect, try to protect your mental health by blocking out all the things that could hurt it. Protect your financial wealth by having savings and having insurance and diversifying, you know, investing. So those are, you know, conversations for another time. Maybe I'll get an investment expert here soon because that's a that's a really important thing for business owners to talk about. But um, in order for you to make big moves in life and in order for you to also have options, you need to um, have a cushion. So I would say practicality wise, have savings, have insurance, have diversified investments and, um, protect your sanity. You know, if you want to block certain people because they're negative, do that. Um, if you don't want to leave your house, you just don't want to deal with people, just do that. Put yourself first. Don't apologize for putting yourself first. So yeah, that's it. Protect yourself. Um, the more that you protect yourself, the easier it will be for you to figure out 
and have a clear mind on deciding how to move forward. And that's what we want to do here. All right. So the next advice is, I love this. This is what we call the bias for winning. So I honestly, um, I honestly credit a lot of the success I have at work and in life right now for this principle. I realize that I have a bias for winning. So what is this? Let me explain this to you. So when I was growing up, I was, I'm used to competing, but I am a little bit of a shallow competitor. So I love winning, but when I win, I stop because I like to finish while I'm at the top. And so I've actually had a few things that I did that I competed at. And when I won, I just stopped. So two of those I could think of is I used to play varsity uh, table tennis before. Um, and I when I played one time, I won at a doubles tournament. Actually, I <laughs> that was funny. I couldn't win the singles tournament and I was so frustrated. I practiced so much. I practiced so much. I just couldn't win. I couldn't win. I don't know what was wrong. I was so frustrated. This was when I was freshman in college. I joined the PE day. It's a physical education day. There was a competition. Um, and uh, and so what I did is I signed up for doubles and I changed my approach. And I thought, well, you know, doubles, in doubles, there's three weaknesses that I could take advantage of. There is a weakness of player one, weakness of player two, and the natural weakness of doubles players when they switch player, when they switch who's going to hit the ball, right? And so I'm like, hmm, I'm just going to go for those. I'm not going to focus on trying to win. I'm going to focus on just finding their weaknesses and hitting them with that. Uh, I just need to get the ball in the other side of the court. And that's it. So I changed my approach. And surprise, surprise, we won. Me and my partner won. It was amazing. And then I stopped. That was the last table tennis competition I joined because I didn't want to lose. Um, later in my life, I also joined debate tournaments. And there was this one very, very coveted championship, which is called the um, regional, uh, regional Championship of Debate. I forgot the... I forgot the, the acronym, but it was like in Mindanao, Mindanao, oh, MPDC, that was it. Mindanao Parliamentary Debate Championship. Okay, so this is like a region in the Philippines and this is the biggest debate tournament in the Philippines, regional debate tournament in the Philippines. It's not the nationals, but it was the regional. And so I, uh, I joined that for many years, I competed and then couldn't win and couldn't win. And finally we won. I won with my team. It was the Asian parliamentary um, format. And uh, yeah, we won. And and then I stopped. I stopped debating. And and then I joined a pageant afterwards. And the first, and but my heart wasn't really in it. It was the one and only time I joined uh a beauty pageant and I won first runner up and it was good enough for me. <laughs> I just stopped. I didn't like beauty pageants at all. I'm very 
clumsy when it comes to uh, wearing heels in public. So anyway, that happened. And so, and then when I was younger, I joined spelling competitions, math and science bees, and I won in them. I lost in them and that was just the thing. And so I realized that, but in my head, I always think that I'm going to win, even though I do not all the time. Because if you look at the pattern, I only really won once. And then I made that my identity. And for me to win, I would have to have lost many, many times. So if you think about it, I probably debated over 100 times before I won that one time. But I didn't count those 100 times. Instead, I count the one time and made that my identity. So the thing here is you have a lot of power in shaping your identity, in looking at yourself in the mirror and deciding, you know what, this is who I am. And this is the good thing about competing because you have an out, you have outward proof that you are a winner and you are, and this is who you are. And that's what I told myself every time I would win something. Every time something good would happen in my life, I just kind of ignore. Obviously, I learn from my mistakes, and that's why I win uh, in the future tournaments. But I always think, you know what, Carla, you finally won. You know what? Because this is who you are. So when I restarted my business, my outsourcing business, I had a hundred percent certainty that I could always that I will succeed in this business. And my efforts started showing really positive results, really positive, in a really positive direction to be a million dollar company in a year, again, without spending anything on ads. Because when that happened to me a while ago, my in my last company, when I was able to do that, I looked at the mirror and said, well, this is who you are. You create million dollar companies, you create multi-million dollar companies. This is just what you do. And I thought this when it happened to me for the first time. I accepted it as part of my identity. And so what you're what you're gonna discover is there are times in your life at the peak moments of your life when you had to have this conversation with yourself and say, you know what, this is who you are. I have no doubt that you could do it. And everything else that has led to this is a blessing. And it was just a step to this. You know, sometimes in in the board game, you got to go a few steps backward, right? Or you, you play those, game, uh, those games like snake and ladders where you can have a ladder and you can move up in life at a speed faster than normal. But there could also be snakes and you can fall, right? So I hope you, I hope you know the reference. I hope you play that game because I'm just going to sound stupid, but... Um, but you got to have a bias for winning. You got to remember the times when it worked because those moments will keep you going. Those moments will remind you that being a winner is who you are and it's what you're meant to do. And, and there's no doubt about that. That certainty is very powerful. You know, my partner and I, um, he's American and we, um, we are going to get married in the States, in the Philippines. And so people are talking about, you know, what about the divorce rates? Aren't you scared and all that? But like, but my partner and I, we're not, that's not who we are. We're not at the bottom, what, 50% 
of of people you know that has never happened to us actually he's a very talented guy very very smart super athletic he's the top of his game you know <laughs> like this is my equal so that's not and i chose this guy and he chose me because we we are equals you know and this is who we are this is the kind of people we are we're not gonna be the ones that will you know not commit to something so that is a reality and it's very true to our identity and even when i was younger i also believe that i'm gonna be that one who will choose their lifetime partner in the best way because that's just who i am you know and and my parents gave me some really good examples so i'm also thankful about that but yes definitely develop a bias for winning it's very very important because in those moments when times are hard you just kind of think you know what this is temporary this is just a thing that happens but this is not who i am because i am a winner and then you remind yourself by remembering those times when you actually won and when it worked out and lastly i would say don't be shy and don't be afraid to get help there's so many people who love you if things get super hard for you find a therapist take a few deep breaths you can cry you can journal you can talk to your sister talk to your best friend talk to um you know someone who makes you feel safe loved someone who makes you feel important someone who makes you feel protected cared for cared for and someone who reminds you that you have something valuable to give this world and it could be a combination of different people right but even if you talk to ai <laughs> they probably give you good advice actually there is an ai bot for therapy wisa w y s a it's a little penguin ai therapy penguin and it's actually pretty smart so I used it a while ago during the pandemic when I was just sad and um, I was going through a difficult time and I just it helped me feel better. Yeah, yeah. and it's free. So um, you're welcome, Waisa. I, I just gave you a plug. <laughs> but yeah, get help. So many people love you so much more people than you know and you have no idea. You're so loved. You're so cared for. The world needs you. You have a lot to contribute to the world. Um, look back at your client testimonials. Look how much you help them. Look at your employees. You gave them a stable livelihood so that they can have peace in their homes, food on the table, send their kids to school. You're amazing. You thought about thinking about these solutions, you took the hard way and started a business um, instead of the easy way, right? And you took that courage so you can solve these problems for people who are needing your help. So just think about that. You're providing joy to your parents. You make them so proud. Your sisters, your brothers, they're, they roll their eyes, but they're proud to be around you. They're inspired by you. So Think about that. You're so loved and you're loved beyond measure and you're loved more than you know. And there's so many people that are willing to help you if you just open your eyes and if you just accept help. So if it gets too hard, think about that thought. And at the end of the day, just keep going. <laughs> so 
Wow, I loved our session today. I hope that you loved it too. If you want to suggest an episode, a topic, find me on social media, Carla Singson on Facebook and Carla Stefan on Instagram. And um, yeah, I'm going to reply. I personally handle my social media. I'm not a very big celebrity, but definitely I would love to hear from you. And if this is podcast has inspired you and you love it, please share it with your friends. You could be a blessing to other people. There could be someone struggling in your you know, friends list right now and they could listen to this and get fired up and get inspired again. And you can be a blessing to them. You can help them. And then they could do amazing things to the world. And so I hope that you enjoyed this. And I'm super happy to be back for season two of None of Your Business. By the way, I am opening this podcast up, up for sponsorships. And I'm very happy to inform you guys that 100% of all the sponsorship um, of, of all of the sponsorship money will go to charity. So I'm raising funds for three charities in the Philippines. And if you need more information, just reach out to me and let me know and we'll talk about it. So I would love for you to be a part of this. We're doing a good thing. Let's continue doing these good things. All right. Well, that's that's a wrap. Thank you so much for and you know being here with me. I value your guys' time. I'm so happy to be here with you and be of service to you. And I love having these conversations. So See you again next week for another wonderful episode of None of Your Business. Bye. So it's a wrap. To my entrepreneur friends, I hope that you found this episode interesting and enjoyable. I know I did. Big thanks to our sponsor, Proximity Outsourcing, for making this possible. If you need to outsource anything in your business so you can scale fast and easy, visit ProximityOutsourcing.com and check out their solutions. If there's any topic that you want to request, feel free to reach out. I only have two conditions. You tell me why you find it interesting and you promise it's not business talk. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube and leave us a comment or review because you're cool like that. This is your host, Carla, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your interest in fun stories. Now we can get back to business. See you next week. And remember, everything here is none of your business.